There should, there should be a voice like that for TD Ameritrade. Like, you just entered a trade. I'd be like, oh. Dude, there is one for fucking uh, trade station. <laughs> Me and Nate, it's like order filled. And it's like, Ooh, dude, that's pretty intense. Headshot. <laughs> yeah, I, would like ch- I would actually like to change that. <laughs> Damn, Tom's in the fucking in the 80s right now, dude. Oh, shit. Can you guys see my screen? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. That's a good one, Tom. That's perfect. There you go. Is this the trade journal screen? And I'm just yeah, it's the trade journal screen. All right, cool. Um, what is this Monday? So something that I do all the time is I'm gonna bring up these terms that I make kind of made up myself. So whenever I'm talking about macro, I always have like a different type, a different type of trend for that. So like whenever I'm saying macro downtrend, that's basically talking about the whole last year of trading. So obviously in the last year we've been in a bear market and this is a macro downtrend. So whenever I say that, that's what I'm always referring to. And then whenever I say micro, I'm talking about whatever's happening in the last two to 12 days. So it's like anything between this last week and the week before that. So if you look at great here, I would call this like a micro range. Does that make sense? So, uh, so my whole purpose behind doing that is basically I'm trying to identify like where is the momentum going to be sitting. So clearly, if you're in a macro bear market, my number one thing that I'm always trying to do is look for shorts. Because obviously, if the trend is down in a macro bear market, you want to go for shorts. So then you have to find what's the best micro scenario for that to happen. And obviously, the only three scenarios are ranging front side and backside. So whenever you combine a macro... Uh, downtrend with a micro downtrend that's whenever shorting is like absolutely a plus setup size as much as you possibly can get as much profit as you possibly can hold until close like and that's like all of these areas right here so big downtrend big downtrend right there's a downtrend here downtrend here whatever so on this day what did i do so macro downtrend micro uptrend because we broke out of this range so whenever you're in a macro downtrend and a micro uptrend, that means that um, trend reversal shorts should be very good because whenever you're in an uptrend, the market's moving higher, but the macro is down. So the market's going to look for a new lower high to sell into. So that's what this is. See how we push up? This is a new lower high because obviously there's highs over here. And mm-hmm. then that lower high gets sold into heavily. And that's like the perfect scenario for a... Um, trend reversal short. And whenever I'm going for a trend reversal, there's a couple of things that I have to make sure happen. I want to have at least three points of contact on a front side move. So we have a front side right here on the intraday. Here's 1.2.3. And then on the fourth attempt, this is where we fail. And then you're in an uptrend here. And then once we break that uptrend, that's whenever it's up in the air, you're like, okay, we could possibly either range from here or we're going to go backside. There's also a chance that you could have a grinding green trade where it just continues up slowly and it just breaks out like 20 cents all day and it's really hard to trade. But obviously right here, it's a perfect scenario for a big reversal. And I only took a tiny piece of it in this trade, but I shorted a little too early as well. Like I shorted right at the trend break, whereas in general, you want to short at the retest of that trend break. So it broke right here. And then this is the retest actually. So I should have shorted it up here and then held for the continuation the whole way down. But I only shorted it at the trend break and then I sold um, in the first breakdown. So I took this trade a little early and I also held it 
way too short. Like I should have shorted it here and held the whole way down, but obviously it's not going to be a perfect trade every time. But um, yeah, that was my thought process for Monday. I think this is the yeah, same we, day. Uh, I know you guys don't trade the spy as much, but one thing Colby and I have figured out is is basically if you're going to go short um, or buy a dip on a, on a backside, it's basically impossible to, not impossible, but you need to wait for that trend to break. We struggled with that a lot because we ended up just shorting tops all day long and, yeah. and paper cutting ourselves to death. So yeah. I think in general, or specifically for you and I, Colby, we need to have that as like a solid rule that if we're going to go trend reversal, there's no taking it until it at least breaks that first trend. Yeah, 100%. It has to have multiple points of contact too. It can't just be like a, like it has to be a legit trend. It can't be like a pull up, breakdown, range, pull up again. Like it has to be like a really clean move. And we also have to be, um, well, I guess that doesn't even matter. I was going to say we have to be in a, in a bear market to take shorts on a trend reversal, but you could go long too. But uh, this was another, this is a swing trade I took with options. I lost $45 on it. It was fucking stupid. We broke out of the range um, and we immediately, I guess I could pull up TOS. Mm. So we broke out of the range. See how there's this huge range right here. We were stuck in this. What the fuck? Uh, we were stuck in this for a long time. What is that? Like two weeks at least. And then once we broke out of this range, I was like, oh, I bet we either, I bet we pull back to one of these uh, support areas, like one of these zones, because a lot of the times when we break out of ranges like that in a, in a macro bear market, we're going to pull back heavily quickly. And I got short like right here. And then the next day we gapped up and I sold like, for a $45 loss on a trade where I shouldn't be trading options in a swing scenario because there's just too much fucking time between when you're entering and exiting. There's like eight hours that pass between market close and market open for all these things to happen that I can't control. And then I'm basically like at the mercy of the market. It would have been way smarter to just wait for like something clean where I could take intraday and sell intraday and not hold overnight. So that yeah. was definitely not a good trade. Um, and I lost $45 pretty much on a hunch, which is just stupid to trade. Um, this is this day. I mean, this is clearly obviously just big chop range. And I definitely took a win there, lost there. Yeah, I can't even read with my own fucking... I don't even know what I did right there. I mean, I shouldn't have traded this at all because we're just ranging like crazy. Look at these wicks up, down. Like, this is what me and Nate were saying. Like, this is where you don't want to take a trend reversal because... Look at these wicks. Like this is the low of day right here. And then we wick through low of day two times and then spike higher, but we also fail to make a new high. So it's like, how are you breaking the low and then failing to make a new high? I mean, obviously it pulls back and then eventually does make a new high. And then immediately after it makes a new high, it sells the whole way back off to new low of day. Like that's disgusting price action. Should not have traded that at all. Yeah, that's um, terrible. Yeah, it's not good. This was two days ago. Um... I actually really like this trade because it was something that I don't normally do, but um, it made a lot of sense in the moment. So as you can see, the market opened. We are in a macro downtrend, micro uptrend. See how we're just trending up right here. Uh, the market is choppy immediately. Just like the last example, we have a break of, we have a, a low of day, a breakout to a new high, higher low right here, and then a lower high. So obviously when you have a, 
um, a higher low and a lower high, that's a range. So we're stuck in a range. We're wedging. We break out of the top of the wedge and immediately sell off, which is indicative of a macro bear market because when you're, when you're in a macro bear market, the market is looking to sell into new lower highs. So obviously any high that you make, you just have no idea if it's going to reverse completely on you. So this did that. It reversed immediately, broke through the bottom of the mid-range, which is this green line. And then we pull up to the mid-range, which is a green line. And I took a short here. Um, and I covered somewhere down here. I don't really. Oh, yeah. Here it is. So yeah. we pull up to that the short. Right there, that right there is probably your trade of the day. Oh, for sure. That's the one and yeah. done. Like, get the fuck out of the market. Because if you keep trading, this is going to destroy you. Because look how we break down. And we've come right back up into the mid range, which obviously is somewhere where you don't want to be trading. But um, yeah, that was a pretty good trade. And then this is my, this is so depressing. So I wake up, obviously, I fucking am down $300 because I took a straddle position. And uh, my whole thesis was that CPI was going to shock the market in some way, because literally I looked up every single time last year, we had 12 CPI releases. Every single one was at least a five point move. I needed to make a five point move in either direction on my straddle position to make profits. So sadly, the market came out. CPI was exactly what was predicted. So since it was exactly what was predicted, the market chopped all day and I sold my straddle exactly where I got in, which was a $300 loss. I lost $270 on the put and like 30 or 30 to 50 on the call. The call, that's the thing that I don't, I don't understand how I lost that much because I thought theta only exists intraday. So like if you buy a stock in the first open at the day and you sell it at close and the stock literally is at the exact same value from open to close, no change, you should lose exactly what the theta is. But the problem with that is that um, like I was like, okay, that means that theta doesn't move overnight, right? So I assumed that if I bought, like if you just bought a call and the next day you sold that call at the exact same value, you should technically be at break even if you bought it at 359 and sold it at 931 in the next morning. Because well, you're still one day closer to expiration at that point. That's the problem is I think that yeah. I wish I would have screenshotted the the Vega, the Gamma, the Theta, the Delta, everything before I took this trade. Because then once it was over, I could have compared and been like, oh, the Vega or something, some value that I don't typically typically pay attention to, like the IV or the Vega. Um, those could change drastically overnight, I think. And that's what I think happened is somehow I lost... $50 on a call when I was up a point at the open and I, and I bought it with basically, if you only count intraday hold time, that entire trade technically was only like a 30 minute hold. So the theta shouldn't have crushed me that much. So that's why I was just so confused, but I fucked up and I didn't screenshot this before I took it, but it, my lesson it might've uh, been the IV as well. The, yeah. And that, that's the Vega, right? That's the change. Yeah. That's Vega. Yeah. Because I'm sure there was a lot of ex um, expected volatility for CPI. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, once was... you actually get that news and uh, the IV drops, it just crushes your premiums. But yeah. that's the thing is, I feel like that's that should happen point. intraday, shouldn't it? Like, why would that happen overnight? You know what I mean? Because the market's closed overnight. Options are. Yeah, but you're still, the news is out. So once the news has been released, that, that implied volatility just drops so much. Yeah, I, I'm assuming, I honestly don't know because I'm not really that, that uh, confident with options and stuff. But Yeah, I should have just... I should have screenshotted all the values beforehand, but I just didn't. But my lesson yeah. there is that just never, ever, ever take a testing trade where the <laughs> risk is going to be huge in your main account. Like I could have done this in the simulator, but like my my head is like, oh, 
this happens 12 times a year. I don't want to take in a fucking simulator. Like I want to see if I can make money now. And then um, I lost $300. So I woke up down $300 on a day where I was like expecting to be a big day because I just thought that like if CPI is coming out, usually the day is going to be really volatile and there's a lot of opportunity. And mm, there was, but I fucked up. You still nailed it though with day trading, but yeah. Yeah, that sucks. I had a good green day day trading. I mean, this is one of my bigger green days in like the whole last fucking year, sadly. But uh, I took a long here off of the trend reversal. So we broke down. And then since we held this low of pre-market, this is the CPI candle. CPI, this is the low. Once we broke the high of this candle, I was like, okay, momentum today is most likely going to be long because the reason is if we're making a higher high and holding a higher low, technically we're in an uptrend. That's the definition of an uptrend. So higher high holding this low right here. So once we broke this to the upside, that's where I got long. And I took a an options trade right here. This is my best trade of the week. Honestly, probably one of my best trades like in in a long time, but I got long right before this huge spike, um, which is still like scary because this is a 25 moving average, the 50 moving average and VWAP and previous day close right above me. So I took a long immediately. I was right. And I took a, it was a 45 Delta, um, which is a 45 shares basically on the spy. And immediately I was up two points and I was up like 60 or $80, like right here. And then my thesis though, is that we're going to continue grinding green all day. So we pull back to VWAP. I didn't sell. I didn't panic out. And I waited. And once we got back to this, this white line is the opening print price. So right where the open was, this is that white line, which is usually a really big area for large caps. The previous day close, pre-market high, pre-market low, and the opening print are like the biggest areas for large caps. And once we broke this high and we got a bunch of sellers and I was like, cause we couldn't break it here. We obviously pulled back and tried again. <laughs> anyway, that, that was a um, good exit on your part if you're able to call that top i <laughs> i don't think most people would be able to see that would be the top yeah i mean in I, real time yeah it was very lucky i'm not gonna lie like i mean whenever it happened i just i typed in the chat with nate and guns and i was like i just top tick that shit like it was just straight that was yeah, uh, that yeah. was like somewhat skill somewhat luck for sure but um yeah, that was my best trade of the week. I made $90 in that one options trade. Seems like you're learning a lot, though, since the last time we talked about the large caps. Oh, you yeah, seem, dude. You seem to kind of know more about the psychology of uh, the other traders that are participating, like the banks and the traders. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing for the large caps is just identifying momentum. If you can do that, you'll never be red because if you just trade the trend every day, you literally have trillions of dollars just sitting at your back, like waiting for you. And uh, that's the hardest part is like some of these days we'll just grind forever. And you're like, how the fuck am I? Like you try to short it all day. And then me and Nate will lose like a fuck ton of money because it's just grinding up all, all day. And we just identified the wrong side of momentum. And most of the time it's really all just, that's why I like to break it down into like macro, micro, and then intraday. Cause that helps me identify everything. Like if the macro is down, in general, shorting is going to be easier than longing. Even if it's 51% easier, that's a fucking, that's better. So, and then in yeah. micro, if it's a range, shorting the top of the range is usually going to be pretty good. Um, going the long at the bottom of the range is still going to be tricky because the, longing the at all is, is going to be hard. But the thing is about the range though, is you don't really know it's going to be a range um, until, until it's already it. gone. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
For like sure. you still may see higher low, higher low, higher low. And then it, right when it just starts to break out, you get that big flush back down. And then you're like, okay, yep. now it's a, now it's not, may not be a bullish day. That's what's hard about the large caps is that you really, uh, like, I'm, we don't really get many ranges that actually last for a long time besides in the last like two to three months. Like we had a range uh, like two months ago that was really strong. And then about a month ago, we had a range that was really strong. But before that, we didn't have that many. Usually it's just either like straight up, straight down. And then the ranges are super ugly where it's like higher high and then it fucking makes a lower low. And then it's like doing all this weird shit. But um, yeah, at least right, with the trending, the trending days, you can kind of identify that a little bit earlier. Yeah, and, or and stop out faster because if it's you know if it's a false breakout, it's a false breakout. You get out. Yeah, the range. It's kind of like anything you don't know yet. Yeah, for me personally, my biggest challenge when it's come to large caps is I tend to try to trade the trend reversal because I'm always looking for the best risk reward possible. But the problem is you're gonna lose like eighty percent of the time going against the trend. So I need to stop doing that and and flip the other way around and try to get on board with the with the trend. And I think the biggest thing in terms of trading large caps is just finding, well, trading in general, but specifically trading the SPY um, is just finding like where the buyers and the sellers are because you can see them, man, you know, it's like supply and demand, whatever. But if you can find where those buyers and sellers are, you're, you can hop in the trend fairly early um, without anticipating the top as Kobe and I know, because we get destroyed doing that. So if you're going to go short, you find where the sellers are at and take that that second lower high and then hold, you know, especially now that we're paying commissions to trade, we need to be getting those bigger moves. And one thing I've really been trying to work on is, is using the higher time frames, which doesn't really matter for you guys trading the small cap gappers. But for Colby and I, it, it's super important. Yeah, that's probably the most important thing, honestly, at least for identifying momentum. Yeah, the psychology is definitely much different the small caps i'm always like okay buy the dip buy the dip buy the dip and then you go to the spy you buy the dip and it just keeps dipping it keeps dipping yeah. trying to catch the counter trend and um so different it's the you going that way is just a negative risk reward yeah it's bad yeah. how have small caps been for you guys recently um, it's just using you want to go tom yeah past two months it's picked up uh just sorry my girlfriend's on the phone on me yeah, yeah it's it's definitely picked up a lot um it's been pretty nice actually but uh me personally i could talk about it when once i do my review um I, yeah i'm just in between two strategies right now and that's really throwing me off it's a little bit like colby shared where you know he's he made money day trading and then he lost swing trading and it's just a really frustrating place to be um, but I'm doing this pivot because I think long-term for me, based on my strengths and weaknesses, I think it's going to be beneficial um, to hold some of these positions a little bit longer. And I've been having some huge winners. Like I was, uh, I had my first like 28% I was up, never had that before. I didn't take profits because I was still, you know, trend following and then I yeah. got freaking flushed on, but yeah. um, I, you know, I still ended that, that trade up like 12, 13%. I've had uh Oh God, so many other big winners, but I've been having some, some big losers, but a lot of the losers are just like me doing stupid, really stupid things that like are not really like on my strategy. So I'm, I, I'm a little bit in this phase where I just got to get really specific on what I'm doing. Um, and that's what made me all the money when I was doing like purely front side. So, yeah. yeah. That, that's a big improvement for you though, Alex, because I remember watching the stream 
before you were really scalpy. You'd get in, get out right away, you know, so that that's solid. Yeah, yeah. It's uh I think it's gonna be good long term, but it's 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 a bit of a stressful phase to go through for sure. Yeah, that's like flipping your whole strategy upside down. Yeah, a bit. And it's uh, it's a, a strategy that works too. So sometimes you're like, man, you know, this should have been a green day, <laughs> you know, and you're down max <laughs> loss two, three days in a row. So it's like yeah. tough, man. But it, it is what it is. I, I know I know it'll be worth it in the end. I'm I'm sure about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. October was definitely probably the hardest month I've ever had. October and um September. Hardest yeah, pretty much stopped trading those months. I like I wasn't like, I'm not going to trade anymore, but like, I was like so many days I would just log in, watch the market all day. And I'd be like one or two trades. And I'd be like, yeah, well, another day, no trading, you know? Yeah. 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 Those are really, that's the that's tough part about small caps is you, it's probably, you're going to have times where they're hot and other times where you're, you know, everything is cold and no continuation at all. It's one thing I like about trading the spy and large caps is you technically always have opportunity. Um, but it, I mean, it's not easy. <laughs> It's never no, easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's got its its uh, pros and cons for sure. Um, do you, who wants to go next to do a little bit of a recap or whatever? Maybe, you guys maybe one of you guys go. That way we can go large cap, small, large cap, small. What, uh, like on the day? You, is that the kind of recap you want? How, well, how whatever whatever week? you want to share. Yeah. Maybe, maybe your best trade, worst best, trade, whatever. Yeah. Best and worst trades of the week or something. Yeah, I can I can see. Uh, I'm gonna start having to prep way. those. I'm gonna have to yeah, I didn't do any prep either. <laughs> so this is our first first go though. Yeah. But for you guys, you guys probably potentially have lots of trades. I don't know how many trades you guys have. <laughs> yeah, it's I've been reducing it since I've been holding longer, but uh, it's still like ten a day. I would say. Um, it's not bad. It's not too bad, but. Uh, yeah, I think just still a quick little review. I do so much reviewing though. I after my trading day, I always rewatch my recording and take like intense notes of my recording, which has, wow. I mean, it you really feel yourself improve almost on a daily basis. But then, um, I think like right now, I'm like, okay, which trades do I share? So I think I need to do a little bit of prep for the call as well. Yeah, uh, same here. I I do re I do rewatch every single day, uh, without a. I, Every single day, uh, recordings. I'm going to pull up a small little snippet of today on JSPR. Uh, just one quick trade. And you can see that the market here is still not as strong as I would like it to be. And you can tell on the level two, it's a little bit slow with breaking down some of these barriers uh, at the 250 level. We, we can sh I can show you here. But this is probably the, my best trade today. It's a quick so question for you guys. You you screen record with uh, OBS? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I should really start doing that because I'm sure that's very helpful. What, what I do is I'll just have it basically always, well, not always running, but I click record. And then when I'm talking about a trade or entering a trade or exiting, I click play and then I pause it. So like it comes out to like 45 minutes, mm -hmm. a like full multi-hour trading day. And then I'd rewatch oh, that. Perfect. It's like basically a highlight reel. That's yeah, smart. no, you're not sitting there all day staring at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not, you know, where nothing happens for 30 minutes, yeah. That takes up a little bit too much time for me. I just upload it. <laughs> yeah. But I keep it all on YouTube. 
for uh, just sort of data, you know, take up storage. But here, let me, I'm trying to share my screen here. It's not all YouTube us hate traders. We upload so much content. No, <laughs> yeah, seriously. They're like, fuck you guys. <laughs> like, <I'm gonna> <laughs> <up the channel. laughs> all right. Yeah. So this is, yeah, spies. there it is. Okay. <laughs> So here's here's my recording uh, for JSPR. We had this little front side here, and I just started getting interested after we broke kind of like the VWAP area and the top of this wick kind of reclaiming. But you can see that shorts are kind of getting a little uh, aggressive on this wick here. You can just see the kind of not normal amount of selling volume there. And then we didn't claim like we didn't break below support. Uh, so that's still showing some strength. Uh, but you can see going up to this 250 level, you start getting a lot of resistance. And I did kind of hesitate going for that breakout because of the large sellers here on the ask. But you can see, uh, so here we come up to that resistance area, we reject it, which is normal for the first time. <laughs> so I catch the dip there, so but still, you know, so when not really the best trade, but you know, a couple cents here, here and there. And then here you can see we make that one minute candle and make a new high. And here I'm looking for like, is it going to wick back down and close below these bars? Or is it going to close above these bars? If it's closing above these bars, for a potential breakout for a front side move higher or low here above VWAP, I definitely a starter and then add to it as I see confirmation through uh, this previous high here. Also had that hammer candle right before that failed breakdown then pop right back up, shows good strength. Where, where is that? Oh, uh, the yeah, one the minute, can't. The yeah. Candle. yeah, yeah. Have to be careful if the market's not really strong, though, because it'll actually fake you out with that hammer candle. The next candle will just engulf it and go even lower, and then it'll it stop is. out a yeah. crap ton of longs. It's been disgusting, yeah, with those. So wild seeing the difference in price action. So you got to be yeah. <laughs> quick on your. I'm always quick on my toes. That's why you kind of keep me see see me getting in and getting out. And getting getting out yeah but here we hold this 90 ma okay. and so 250 is the big the big wall okay. big area that i want to see break for the break at 254 and then up to 260s <laughs> so you can kind of see more blocks of green now you see 38,000 at uh 45 that gets eaten up and i start i take a quick scalp through the high there and now i'm waiting for strength to 250 i take a starter at 46 because it's not you have some decent volume and it's not uh wicking back down and so then i go and add for 250 after i see the 61,000 seller at 250 in case it does reject real quick off that level but if i see it start to get bought back up like it starts getting chipped away then i add back into that level okay yeah, so you saw I got chipped like, there. I bought and then it didn't get chipped away, so I sold. So I'm in 350 shares. I'm kind of waiting for that surge right through 250. 
but you know it's hesitating a little bit i'm in 600 shares still 64,000 so i'm taking it off i didn't really see any any buyers coming in yet until right now actually kind of probably should right when you that, took it off <laughs> i took it off already um but it's still still 37,000 get back in as i see it chip away pretty quick and then you know right now see it didn't bust through 250 it mm. should have there's 14,000 but definitely kind of pay a little bit because it should have busted through right there it shouldn't have come back down it even goes back up to 250 and back down to 248 in a strong market that wouldn't have happened so now I'm kind of like hesitant to catch this and then there we go someone just buys up those 20,000 shares from 49 and 50 all the way up now at 252. So it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. So I'm getting in at 251. And then That's taking nice. it on that on that, that was, Yeah, that was solid right there. That's so fucking nuts to think that you have but to it, do it, like 10 minutes of thinking in like it's four so seconds. I see a signal to buy, I buy, I see a signal to sell immediately after I have to sell, or else I could be stuck in a false breakout. And yeah. it's so it's so like you just have to. Hundred percent. When you're scalp these small caps, it's insane that like within a split second it could be down max loss, and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough. But um, I definitely evolved to like the scalping better, getting quick out to minimize that risk of getting caught in that flush uh, that many of us have experienced in small caps. You know, if you can manage that downside risk, these small caps, you can make so much. That's like insane how the, how much percentage you can get. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. I like that whole theory of, yeah, managing the downside is like the number one thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really it then for JSPR. Uh, it did go up and consolidate in this one minute bull flag. And you can kind of see that um, volume kind of held the high there. So the volume and the buyers kind of held the high, still at 15,000 at 259. So, you know, kind of, you can kind of tell just off of the level two that could potentially go up a little bit more because you get that five minute break, five minute, uh, breakout, one minute pullback type of scenario, quick uh, one minute bull flag for the next pop higher, attempt higher at least. Right. A lot of the times these breakouts immediately after uh the five minute breakout if the market's weak it will often do a false breakout back down below that previous high but uh, it did actually hold pretty high there but that was it that was the top two, 275 did you trade the uh move around like 1040 there was a big flush then oh yeah 1040 let me see and so are you just buying those dips like with confidence strictly off what you're seeing on like the level two? No, if it's, I'm, I'm confident buying a high volume stock, low float, has a catalyst above VWAP and a front side move. I'm always buying dips, buying dips sitting on the bid. And if it's hesitating to get that quick 10 cent jump back up, immediately selling. But if I do okay, see a yeah. 10 cent jump, jump, I will take half off and hold the rest for that potential reclaim back to the highs. 
But if it's a frontside move, you definitely want to at least put in a starter because before you know it could be right back at the high, and then you're going to be the one trying to find that next entry and not buying such an extended stock. How often are your winners that are like larger in percentage? Do you have like a full size position into? Uh, recently, in the past few months, I sized down since I just took so many big losses in October. I just mentally, I just felt emotionally, mentally, just felt like I needed a break. So I just sized down, but kept trading. This month have been pretty consistent. So I'm ready to size up after, you know, I'm done moving. I'm right now I'm moving. So there's a lot going on right now. So I'm not really sized up. But, um, often for my big size, usually I'm, I'm like a five minute setup. Yeah. Something like your mic is a little scratchy. Is that happening for you guys too, Alex? And yeah, you, it. You, you hear? It's just cutting in and out a bit. No or no? You're good. It, it'll just randomly in the middle of your sentence, it'll like cut out. Yeah, this sucks. But <laughs> uh, yeah, usually for five minute setups, I will do a larger position than the one minute. Five minute setups are less likely to have false breakouts than the one minute. Especially right. if it's extended off 90 MA, uh, full size break to 260. It comes down to past 90. You see how it just ripped right up. That's too risky to do full size there. But yeah, it's not often I would do full size. Uh, it really depends on market conditions as well. That's also a factor. Probably the biggest factor is market condition. 1040 where we at here oh up in this level i don't think i did trade this i was, was watching dude that flush was vicious right there yeah <laughs> this is exactly what we're talking about like mm -hmm. so immediately like i'm eyeing it but it, it goes so fast, I don't even get a chance to enter. It's already at the yeah. high there. Jesus Christ. And if you're adding yeah. up there at 280, you're, you can get screwed right here. Yeah, if you're trying to take a breakout trade on that. I'm glad, I'm glad you uh, let me know those things. Oh, but it stayed up for longer than it looked like, at least. Boom. But damn. You wow. Immediate, you don't have a chance to get out. No. That Immediate is 10%. so scary. <laughs> wow. But that's why, why I like 15% right I, there. That's yeah. why I trade like how I do. I cause that's the only way I cannot take huge loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things I don't miss about small caps, not gonna lie. But uh you guys tend to trade it a lot better than I was trading it. <laughs> I had no no plan when I was really trading small caps, so but so, so you guys are both paying like a lot of attention to the, the market depth, right? Diamond sales level two. Yeah, with with scalping, you you need to have that level two skill like mastered. You have to be yeah. able to. Literally, Ross says like the level two. That's me looking at the road. The chart is like my rear view mirror. So he's mostly always looking at the level two and okay. the tape. The chart, he's just only glancing at to look at the resistance and the support levels. When it comes to one of those levels, you need to be dialed in at the level two to see whether or not it's strong or weak at those levels. Yeah. 
That's an interesting analogy, actually. I've never heard Ross say that, but it, it does make sense. Colby, yeah. have you uh do you even use Diamond Tales or level two for for the spy in the futures? I mean, I look at it rarely, but most of the time it's gonna be um just price action because obviously uh you have to pay we are still scalping a lot of these moves though. Yeah, I mean if I was I think that Tom could probably like if Tom paid for a really good level two service and was trading the spy, I think you'd fucking just demolish the spy with level two skill. But like the problem with us is like, if you want that legit, you know, you're going to see more than like 10% of the total volume. You got to pay like a lot of money to see it because all the, most of the, most of the money in the spy is all from banks and they're trading in dark pools and they're not on the level two. I mean, you guys know, even Ross, like whenever he, whenever he takes a trade, he literally has a little fucking box in his, whatever he's using that says, what do you want this trade to be? Do you want it to be 20 shares? And he's taken 2000, you know, it, he can literally choose what people see. So I don't like to trust it on um, large caps because there's just way too much volume, but on small yeah. caps, I would definitely. Yeah. Spoofing galore. Yeah, yeah. Large caps. Yeah. Tough to read. Yeah. And then the, with the, the low float stocks, it's just easier. You know, if you see a 50,000 share order, that's going to change the price of a $2 stock with 5 million float. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. It's either it's going to rip up or they're going one of the two, but when someone sees that on the level two, it's going to move. For sure. Yeah. Right. Tom, you, you got anything else you want to share or you guys want me to move into mine? No, that's, that's, that's everything. Nice. All right. Cool. Um, uh, I'll go through my trade journal posts quick. Um, basically, just selecting the best and the worst trades of the week. So to share my screen, I just click the down on the bottom right. Yeah. We go. So actually, hold on. I want this on my main screen. On the main. Can you guys see trade journal now? No. Nope. No. What do you see right now? You. Your face. <laughs> Oh, she, hold on. <laughs> One, share. Okay, I didn't click share. That would probably help. Can you see it now? It wants me to sign in. Yep. Okay. So you guys can see that, right? Yeah. All right, cool. So I haven't been reviewing in a while. Started this week, one, because I wanted to get back into it, but also I started out the year really tough week. So I uh, sized down a little bit and started reviewing. So this is Monday. Small green, still green, much needed, obviously. Um, so before we start reviewing these, my biggest kind of things that I've been trying to focus on is trading less. Obi and I often say that really the SPY presents you one to three good opportunities a day. Um, so the less trades, the better, especially since we're paying commissions now. Um, but I still, after reviewing this week, just realized that I took so many forced trades throughout the week. Um, and I really need to get better at that. I need to see see it more as, you know, hunting the best opportunities of the day, taking my position and then let it play out, stop or target. And and um, I still find myself taking trades and, and scalping too much. Uh, but yeah, just going through here. So this is Monday, um, five minute. Uh, there's our daily chart. Pushed in the morning, found some supply up here and then basically sold off all day. Um like trades like this, I, I actually am okay with this in a sense because I'm taking a, a trend break retest, whereas before I'm taking a lot of shorts. I'm shorting here, 
Um, maybe I'm shorting here. I'm shorting here. This actually would have worked. But a lot of the times you're, you're technically still uptrending and I'm shorting into these moves. So I need to let that trend break and then enter on a retest. Um, this was decent. As I said, I'm trying to use higher time frames more. So I wasn't too upset with this because it was a 15 minute trend retest um, coming into supply on the hourly. Um, but I mean, I guess some trades don't work, right? I did end up catching it later on this this pop here once I saw more weakness and it rolling over here. Got in short here um, and covered a little too early, I believe. Or maybe it's the next one. Yeah, so this is actually a good cover. Covered basically bottom ticked it. Came up here. And once I saw this this uh, false breakout with uh, and wick, I was pretty confident we were going short. So I was able to get back in here and hold this move quite nicely. That's um, beautiful. Yeah, this was this was good. I, I needed this green day. So these were one contract. I was trading with one contract this week just to get back to basics. This these trades basically evened each other out. Um, but this was probably the best best trade of the day here. And I can't remember what happened. I think I could have I could have held this trade, I believe, if I had put a stop um maybe here at my entry. I could have held that one. Yeah, but Nate, as I said, I, I just wanted to get green. What's up? Uh that go back to those tra those two trades. Sorry yeah, for cutting you off. I just wanted to yeah, no, say no that this is like a really good example of when to take profits on a trend continuation trade because obviously we're going front side in the morning. We reversed to the downside and then you took that lower high and sold right at the new lower low. Perfect. And then you took it again, lower yeah. high, sold at the new lower low. See how you sold right below that last green the, bottom? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, perfect. And that's kind of why I took profits on this um we had bounce we were kind of sh showing more on a larger time frame so this could be a reversal so if i had had more than one contract i probably would have just pulled off like one partials here at that point it makes sense to take partials i realized as we were talking before you got in tom um we're kind of trying to avoid taking partials as much because a problem i'll have is i will always hold my full position to stop but then i will tend to take off partials early to lock in profits which if I'm taking a two to one risk reward trade, let's say I'm I'm risking five points to make ten, um, and I take two contracts, I will hold that two contracts to five points. But we pop up, we're at five, we pull back to three or four points in the green, and I'll pull off a contract. Then we move up, and I don't even wait until ten points. I'm pulling it off at eight or nine. Well, next thing you know, you you actually have less than a one to one risk reward. So, trying to avoid doing that. Um, but as I said, Monday, I mainly just wanted to lock in a green day because I had such a bad week um, the week prior. So I was okay with that day, um, trying to be patient. Tuesday, as you can see, stopped taking partials. Um, this was a trending day. For, it was kind of rangy. It was like a range trend, actually, because um, we're still kind of ranging. But this would have been pretty nice to play supply and demand. Um Waited for a nice top here and was able to take that short. So covered that basically on our uptrend for the day, which I'm okay with. But I've got to kind of ask myself, is that really worth it? You know, because I'm technically risking at this point, I guess this level here, or maybe even better to risk the top at this point. So you're talking one-to-one -one or less. Trade two, kind of sketchy, kind of sketchy. Like trades like this, it doesn't make sense for me to be taking these trades because it's uh it's just not worth the risk, really. This is a little better because I waited for the trend to break and uh, 
took the retests. But again, we're ranging so bad that this this zone, I believe, ended up just chopping for so long. So even though I got out with profits, it's just not really worth it. Um, called it quits there for the day. And then we have, what is this? Wednesday. Wednesday, let's see. This was our trending day, which still was so choppy. Just tough to deal with. Um, this is very similar to the trade I took on Monday. Held for continuation here. Didn't get it. Up back up, so I sold there. Basically panic sold, which I think actually ended up being a good idea because we did, I believe, push above. Which was it? It's this trade here. So this trade was one of my better trades. I entered a bit too early. I was looking for a target of VWAP. Um, moving, still uptrending, but we are moving down in the short term. So my plan was to enter here and then to target VWAP. As, as soon as I entered, we basically started pushing higher. So I started looking at the stop of, I think it was this candle, which I didn't <laughs> stick to. I let it break out a bit. But when I'm in a trade and I see that happen, actually I added a contract there. But my stop, it basically became above this high. Started working nicely. Um, and again, my target was VWAP. So I took one off here just to limit my risk of it and uh, just saw the weakness in it. Sure enough, this eventually came up. So I was still up on this contract, held it basically back to just above break even. It broke this high and then it melted through here. So it was really, timing was just off a bit on this, but I would say for the most part, especially being that I entered early, I managed it decent. But I think these were the only two trades I took for the day. Again, just kind of trying to lock in some green. I was up like 50 bucks this day, but those were the two, two trades. Easy money would have been taking this channel, I guess, but is that really easy? Not really. Nope. Not at all. And then, so yesterday I actually had a solid green day, best green day of the week, worst trading of the week. So <laughs> as you'll see here, I just took so many dumb trades. I was very, I was six for six, all green. You know, sometimes it's good to get lucky, but you can see I'm just forcing trades here. And that's one of the biggest things that I was really considering over the weekend. Like trading is like hunting. It's like spearfishing. It's like, you know, you need to, wait for those trades to come to you because chasing trades like this, I'm just going to eventually get crushed. So I'm shorting into VWAP here. So dumb into an uptrend, basically. Like we had broke it, I guess, but just dumb to be shorting into that because what is my risk reward? I, I'll stop here. I'm going to stop in at the high for a target of what may be this low. Um, most of these trades I took, I ended up getting out just in time before they flipped on me. Took a short here. Really no thesis i guess spying into demand was no that's even working against me because i went short maybe could have taken a long here if i waited for a, a trend break retest but again it's not that strong of a trend um then i took is this trade here this was actually a good entry but i just i just i'm not confident as you can tell i'm taking them off right away um and then i'm buying into demand here so this actually was a better trade and i believe this would have worked out but I need to be taking the trades I'm most confident in. I need to be taking this long, holding for the low, and then looking for at least two to one risk reward off that. Trade four, this was okay. I tried to get filled on the bid here, didn't get filled, popped up, got FOMO and entered on the ask up here, which I was down a bit, but I was okay basically holding to the low of this candle. But as soon as I'm in the green, I'm taking it off, which this trade also ended up coming, I believe, to the high up here somewhere. So I could have held that longer. 
This trade was god awful. <laughs> I wish I could delete this forever. <laughs> just shorting, just for no reason, just shorting. <laughs> uh, basically, we had this big sell off. This was yesterday CPI, right? So CPI met expectations. So in general, we had been grinding up all day. These dips tend to get bought. So I saw a couple of green candles. I would have much, it would have been much better off just taking a long here, maybe risk this candle and, and let it go because we had already been bullish. And I got out green on this somehow because eventually this, I believe it broke the high again. So, but trades like these, like gave myself an F on this because there's no setup, no setup at all, really. I'm just trading to trade. This was my best trade of the day. And this came at like 3.30 in the afternoon. So I really should have probably waited for this all day. This is actually based off the 15 minute chart, which for some reason I didn't take a picture of, but we were at a supply zone on the 15 minute chart. And the previous, the candle that we are on closed without making a lower high and a lower low from the previous 15 minute candle. So I was pretty sure that this trend break here was gonna be a fake trend break. Entered a bit early, but I'm okay with that entry because I, I was stopping at 14.50, which was the previous 15 minute candle high. So my stop was here. Considered adding here, probably should have in hindsight, but I was, uh, I didn't want to risk my daily profit. I was up like 50 bucks on the day. I didn't want to risk it all. Basically, if I took a second contract here, I probably would have gave back most of that profit there. And then I considered adding at the break of this low as well. Um, and this trade did move lower. I should have eventually my stop. So my entry was like here. I could have put my stop at this point as break even basically and let this work a little bit. But uh, really this was the only trade that made sense for the day. And uh, I should be waiting for those opportunities. So all in all, I think I'm just so antsy to trade and I'm firing off so many trades in a day, which is working against missions and just, just like, as you said earlier, Tom, you can get so chopped up if you're in and out of the spy. So I need to be taking the best trades of the day, whether it be one, two, or three trades, should be a maximum of three, and playing, letting it play out, stop or take profit. Once it starts moving in my direction, then I can adjust my stop to break even and, and just let it go from there. But I need to start letting my trades work for me more and being a lot more selective overall with the trades I'm taking. Um, and then today, let's see. Can you guys see trade station here? Yep. Or no? yep. Yeah. So today also just such bad trading, to be honest with you. It's hard to pull this back. Ooh, I'm getting some lag. So start of the day. Sorry. Start of the day. Took a couple bad trades in here. Shorted here. Covered. No conviction at all. This was actually a better trade. I got long on this pullback here, but I was already kind of, from taking this trade here, just just in the mindset of getting out, I actually could have taken this long here, uh, which was five minute. Th this was, I think it was one of these candles. So that was actually a good long. Should have held that. Could have held that to VWAP. That would have been a good trade. But as you can see, I have no conviction. You know, I, right after here, I took a break because I realized very quickly that I, or no, it was actually here. I went through here. I took a short here again. I need to wait for these trends to break. If these trends are not broken, there's no reason to be going short here because I'm just anticipating a top. Lost my daily profits there. Uh, broke. Could have taken shorts in here, but it's more of a range. We did break the trend, but tough. Took a long off view up here and then decided to take a long at this trend break here, which was on the five minute. Where is it? Over here. 
took a long here on this trend break and then stopped it at the low and then decided to just call it for the day. But overall, just taking too many trades for the most part. Um, I should be working on the higher time frame charts, may even taking smaller size, but looking for the bigger moves because when it comes to the spy, you need to really look for those bigger moves to make it count because scalping it, it can be is so difficult. So it was kind of a quick run through for the trades I took this week. I have a lot to improve on, obviously, but I don't know if you guys have any, any feedback, feedback on any of that that you saw. I liked a lot of those. I, I like the the number one most important thing I think with large caps is knowing when you're taking a trade that has no setup. And as long as you yeah. can identify those over and over again, you just avoid them more. And like we always say, you know, like where's the easy money? That's the number one thing you got to ask yourself when you're trading large caps. And that's basically asking where's the momentum. And if you can't identify that momentum, there's no reason to trade. So. Yeah, I think sometimes I'm trading the spy almost too much like small caps because it's I you can scalp the spy, but it's, yeah, it, I just need to have more. I, I sh <laughs> yeah, so overall, I think uh, just more discipline and and taking only the trades that make sense, you know, versus sometimes I feel like because I'm day trading, I need to get at least one or two trades in every day, whereas. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're trading something like the SPY, if I'm trying to make, let's say, $200 a day or even $100 a day, it's, it's much easier with the SPY to not trade Monday, not trade Tuesday, and then take a big trade on Wednesday versus trying to force it every day. Yeah, well said. That, that's a big thing, you know. Uh, like you said, letting the trades come to you. I feel like every time I force a trade, you know, I give back my days of profit or something like that, something horrible. It's just not worth it at all, man. Yeah. I've also realized that I feel like I can only trade for like 50 minutes of like real trading time of like recorded trading time, which probably amounts to like from, you know, pretty much like three hours of sitting in front of the computer. And then after that, I just start making really bad decisions. Like I will do amazing trading. I'll be up a thousand plus and then I'll, I'll end the day at max loss. And I do that multiple times in a row right now. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Cause like, I know, I shouldn't be doing that. It's weird. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to stop yourself, but that's like, you know, they say it's not that hard to learn how to trade. The hard part is actually being disciplined and mastering your emotions. And I, I, totally I firmly agree. believe that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think trading in itself isn't that hard. Um, I almost feel like maybe what Tom is doing a little bit harder because you have to be really quick. You got your, your hotkeys, but like in terms of like trend following, I mean, you're just riding the trend. You know, identify yeah. the trend and ride it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go with go with the trillions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, or billions at least. <sighs> Stressful. But yeah. So, other than that, I don't know, Alex, if you want to share yours. Sure, some, I'll uh, I'll mean. try to do it uh fairly quick here because it's a couple of days. Um, is it recording? Yep. Is so. It I think it is. Yeah. So, you know, I was just taking some notes when you guys were talking. Like, we have, you know, it's so funny that I feel like a lot of us, even though we trade all a little bit different, you know, we have the same lessons. Like Colby was saying, uh, you know, you don't want to fight the bigger trend. And you guys are going to see some of my trades where I'll be, I'll do trend following, but the bigger trend is we're ranging. So I'll be high on the range and I'll just close it and I'll make, five, $700 sometimes. 
just because I bought low and I sold high. That simple. And if I continue to trend follow, guess what? I would I'd be right, way back at break even. But then there's some times where you're in trend and you got in, so you want to let it ride. But then where I've been kind of tripping over is like, you know, when do I take some profit off the table? Um, you know, trading within a trade. And that's why I was asking that in the beginning. And, uh, you know, since I'm doing a little bit of a new strategy right now, I've been just really tripping over myself. And that's why I wanted to show this screen first, where it's like, you know, this is like the last three months, pretty much just started in October or like September, I took off a lot. And then October, November, I had a little bit more profit. And then, yeah, ever since like December, I was experimenting with a little bit longer holding and man, it has been throwing me around, but I think it's going to be uh, for the good for sure. Um, but yeah, Tom also said, you know, market condition is a big factor. That's so true. Like today, we just have a lot of opportunity. You know, there's those days where you really want to, you know, 10x your size, those positions, those A plus setups. When you feel them, it's like, this is this is the trade I need to, you know, 5x or whatever. Um, otherwise, you know, do your average size or maybe even slightly below average. Like today was really a good day for that. Um, and then uh, also Nate was saying, you know, one to three good trades per day. I think um, with small caps, there's sometimes probably a little bit more opportunities on average, but that's pretty much the same situation. When I always do my review, it's always like, in a way, a handful of those opportunities. And you kind of know when you're seeing one of those opportunities, you kind of feel it and you just have to act on it a little bit more aggressively. Um, so that's, I'm just, I'm really working right now on listening to my gut a little bit more, um, but it's tough because, so this, this is my first month right now, January. Um, it's tough because, you know, I've conditioned my brain to work so hard on like focusing on front side and my specific strategy. Um, and now I'm trying to pivot and it's really messing me up. So you'll see a lot. I mean, I mean, Tuesday was God awful. I don't know. I took one last trade and then I went, just had a huge loser. Um, I didn't really have so many consistent days. I mean, you could like, look at this, you know, I'll be up 300 then down hundred and then up 360 wow. max loss. Heroes up 700 and then I ended up max loss today. I didn't really do, I, I just know it's like 200 flat, um, which is not a lot of opportunities. So like you could, you could just tell I've been a little bit all over the place. I feel like back in the day I would have like, you know, I don't know. It's like, what's a, what was a good month? I don't even know if we had really that many good months, but <laughs> I, I would have that like a little bit do. more like <laughs> consistent moves higher. Obviously this was a bit of a setback. Um, yeah, but right now I'm, I'm a little bit struggling get uh, to get a bit more consistent. So I guess just pulling my stats here. This was an options trade, this largest loser. So I could talk <laughs> about that for a second. That was just disgusting. Let's see if there's any stats. No, it's just like all like super not really nice right now. And that's because I'm doing a little bit of both two strategies at once still. Um, but I think I'll I'll get over that in shortly. Wait one sec. Now I just want to get back to... Yeah, some of these trades. So um, let me go to the last. We'll just start at the beginning of the week and I'll just quickly go over some some uh, trades. Like this, for example, this isn't really too interesting. Uh, I was, yeah, so here I was trying to do a trend continuation uh, failed. So I just kind of stopped out. This one I stopped out really, really early on. Um, again, here, trend continuation. Again, here for pullback, looking for that continuation, didn't get it. These these were all a lot of failed moves. Let's keep going here. There's always those few trades that are way more interesting. Let's see, here's a bigger profit. 
Um, so here's a here like this is a really good example. This one right here of we're kind of stuck in a range. You see that on the five minute. Um, we're below VWAP pulling back here. There's overall support around five, five forty, and then we had this capitulation right here, but we pop right back up, and now we're kind of forming a first stair. So this is like a classic range trade. I've been I've been practicing just you know trading here, and then obviously there's big resistance, and then start taking profits off. So it's kind of a shorter trade. Uh, like in the new strategy, it's a shorter trade. My old strategy, this would have been like super super long trade. So just identifying exactly like okay it's a hot market it's not a hot market this ticker is still ranging it's not ranging like right here it was on a perfect new front side so here i scalped and scratched out but what i should have done done because you can't really see it here but we had a big breakout and then we had uh two perfect five minute pullbacks or one and then another breakout so this would have been a perfect time to just buy and and really let it ride there was no reason for me to close out here because if I like, let's say, set my stop here uh, and it never went, but I still took profits here, then I unnecessarily put myself in a bad position because I limited my upside, but I would have still took a lot of risk. Um, so it would have been a negative risk reward trade. But if I just let it ride, you know, this was like a 20% move. So um, just a lot of tripping over myself, kind of getting used to, yeah. So this was a $540 profit right here. You know, it doesn't even feel like that much, but it's really just being comic collected. And then I'll typically just do something really silly by the end of the day and, you know, give back a lot of profits. Um, here was, for example, the coin short, um, this is a little bit all hard to see because you don't see the actual chart. Oh, hold on. Let me see coin. Yeah. So. I shorted coin somewhere like in this area um, because I thought this was an extended move higher, but here's the problem. Like this is me basically price predicting when I should be uh, or like trend predicting when I should be trend following. It's pretty much that simple. Why am I, why am I trying to predict the trend when I'm, when it's clearly no longer in a downtrend. Um, and that's when I took the short, because I couldn't short coin on TD Ameritrade. They didn't have any. So I just uh, bought puts and I got, I, you know, I bought the put slightly below VWAP and then I just got absolutely destroyed. And it's just like one of those classic situations where it's like, well, why the heck did I just do that? Um, Cause when I, when I stay really focused and just kind of do my, um, uh, this is a bit of a weird one. Yeah. So next time I'll definitely get some examples set up. Um, but yeah, when when I just take a step back and think, okay, well, like what's what's going on with this trade, um, and just let it ride, it's usually pretty good. Like here, you know, we had a VWAP breakout, uh, we had a perfect flag pattern. I entered and I was up twenty eight percent right here um, with two thousand shares. I was it was it wasn't that much money. It was like seven eight hundred dollars, but you know, this one was kind of a freak accident. I got flushed on after the halt, um, but it could have kept riding. So. I have the right idea, but I'm my own biggest problem right now where I keep getting in the way of myself and I have to kind of practice, you know, how do I, how do I trade this new strategy? Um, so here I'm clearly scalping, do my old strategy. And then I'm like, Alex, what are you doing? Why are you uh, scalping? And then, yes, yeah, so I've never been this kind of lost in trading, I feel like. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like I'm so close to getting this new strategy, but I I sometimes sway back to trying to do my old strategy and it it does throw me off a little bit. 
Um, one quickly thing I'll, I'll share here is uh, there's a trade I'm in, and this I think this is a really good example. So, so there's to, to quickly take a step back. There's like two things I try to do pre market. I'll try to do a little bit of range trading, or if there's a new gapper, I'll try to get that continuation, that first leg and hold it as long as possible. So those are things I'm doing pre market, a little bit at the market open, and then I'm kind of done trading by that time. Lately, I've been up quite good. Um, and then I do something silly and give back profit, but I think that's working really well. And then when I wrap up trading then I want to look for like four hour runners, uh, tickers that are holding their highs and see if I can get um, some good four-hour entries and look for continuation. So here's a perfect example of kind of that second part of the day. Um, so we have SHC, kind of a more expensive ticker, but this ticker is, you know, broke these highs really nicely. And what I should have done is entered this trend here and took profits somewhere in this area. But um, I tried to ride that continuation, which never happened. So I stopped that yesterday. Now, again, four hour coming in. And I basically entered on that four hour, slowly sizing in a little bit more. Uh, and then I want to ride this trend again. So this is going to be one of those little bit longer trades. And originally I had my stop somewhere like right here. And we luckily it didn't get executed. And now it's crawling up higher. So now I'm at break even. Um, this ticker in a way is still kind of stuck in a range. So it would be two decisions. You know, if it pops up over like 1830, 1850, maybe take some size off. Um, and then from there, keep letting it ride. Um, ideally to 20 or so. Um, a lot of these companies that come out with really good news and are especially these higher priced um, large uh, market cap companies, and this is a $5 billion company, they tend to grind for like six, six days or so. And they'll grind like 40, 50% after the initial spike. I've been seeing it over and over again. So just uh, kind of getting used to holding some of these tickers a little bit longer. So I think one thing you guys probably notice is I'm a little bit not super clear yet on my exact strategy, which to me hurts my soul. So one thing I'm working on right now when I talk, uh, watch my videos after every trading day is, um, well, first I you know timestamp it and I write like a little description on each part of it. Um, but then I, I'm adding everything into a Google Doc and I'm going to make it like my Bible and I'm going to print it out. And every day I'm just going to review it on the couch uh, but I want to have my basically principles and my trading philosophy basically on point. So I never question myself, uh, you know, what am I doing right now? And because right now I'm always questioning myself, which is a really weird place for me to be uh, trading as long as I have been. Um, but that just that just comes with the territory uh, when you kind of do pivots. And I think I'm going to come out on the other side much better off than before because. I'm just holding these winners a lot longer and it's going really well. Where I'm making my mistake is when I actually deviate from the new strategy and then just give back profits because I start having FOMO because I sold my strategy too long. I didn't, I or too early, I didn't let it run. And then guess what? I get FOMO, I chase. I'm like, all right, let me scalp this last little move. Boom, then I get back in the 600. I'm like back and break even on the day. And I'm like, like, oh man, so... It's a bit of growing pains right now, but that's it. That's the situation I'm in. I like it, man. I mean, you already, you know this already, but all the pain you feel right now is really you just learning how to not trade that strategy. So, I mean, it's just shitty because trading feels so emotional on an individual. 
standpoint but then whenever you see other people doing shit that you do all the time like i know the pain you feel it's like damn he's gonna get it like i know he's gonna get it i don't even fucking question it but whenever it's myself i'm like oh my god bro i'm never gonna be profitable i'm never gonna fucking make it but uh yeah that's cool i was gonna ask you um for the strategy for the holding strategy how much are you looking at um the larger time frames like so is that like the main part I try to like for the four hour one, I really try to stay focused on more the four hour. Um, but yeah, you could easily get stopped out on the on the lower time frames. And that's that's you know what what makes these so tricky. I think SHC is a bit of an awkward example because typically, you know, I'm looking at stuff like more like JSPR that you know recently spiked, starts finding support. What I'm looking for is okay, so here, here's a big low. And we pop right back above it. And guess what? Now here is officially a higher low. So like identifying these things and starting to, so pre-market, I'll start buying off these lows and getting these spikes. That's how I'm making these big profits right now. Um, and then basically, okay, identifying pre-market, well, there's there's kind of a range uh, around this area, around two. And then there's definitely a big range around here, like 220, 230. So a lot of times pre-market is I'll, um, I'll start taking profits off. And then oftentimes it comes right back down into the range somewhere. So that has been working the best for me. Um, but then I really want to practice those, those multi-day runs as well. But I haven't really nailed that yet. So um, if you guys don't, if you guys never checked out my watch list, but it's basically, you know, week two, year 2023, um, I have a little bit of a game plan in terms of like what the SPY is doing, just like a little bit of, you know, put myself in the driver's seat, uh, always have an idea. And then I just check out the former gappers to pay attention to, um, you know, like boom, JSPR. And I was kind of talking about what, you know, could happen, where could some good entries be, uh, so on and so forth. I think APGN was, or HKD was a classic example. And this one I absolutely butchered, um, which was really stressful because, you know, here it was just a perfect situation where oh, I was so mad at myself about this one. Uh, we had a perfect gun pattern where it's basically like a first stare where, you know, we have the handle and then the barrel and then the smoke coming out um, or first stare. Um, but, you know, this is a ticker where you want to identify that support coming in. You know, this one's closing to the high. There's a good chance it's going to run up in the morning. So this is kind of what I'm looking for for more of the four hour pattern. And then just to zoom in a little bit more, I was really annoyed about this one. Uh, we had a, a low here and now we're, we ha uh, had a failed breakdown here and pop right back up. So this is a higher low. So what I should have been doing with HKD in this situation, um, but I started scalping it instead was, or actually I missed this one uh, whole entirely, but um, identify that this is a higher low, just start jumping in on it and, and ride it as long as possible. Um, but again, with, with these tickers, like you, you will want to take some risk off. So start selling at certain points. Um, if it has like a 10% pullback and it's still in play, maybe size back in a little bit. This is where I'm a little bit sloppy on, in terms of like trying to figure out this strategy. It seems like you guys have basically decided, let it ride. Don't, don't over trade or over manage a position and just let it do a thing. I think that's probably the right idea. Um, not I've already kind of taken note of that, but for me, at least taking profits along the way um, to just at least lock in profits until I get a little bit more confident with this strategy. 
And then I can get a little bit more risky, a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more creative. But I think where I'm at right now in this strategy, I just need to lock in some profits, you know, have my five, 1000, whatever green days, and just like get a little bit more confidence in because I'm, as you guys can tell, I'm a little bit scatterbrained with this uh, whole setup. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking profits, Alex. I just think as a rule, it should be at no less than a one-to-one risk reward. After that, you know, definitely lock some in. But otherwise, you might as well hold. If you're going to hold full size to stop, then you might as well hold full size to target, at least your one-to-one target. Um, But I like that you're letting the trades work for you, man, because that's really where the big money can be made. Yeah, I was was watching a lot of... um... Some of Tim Sykes, like millionaire students, like Kellogg and stuff. I mean, they're all holding multi-day or not even multi-day, but at least sometimes multiple hours. I mean, there's always those, you know, crazy trades where everything just happens in five minutes. But uh, that seems to be a bit of a norm. Even Ross, as scalpy as he is, he does actually hold longer, but he'll be managing a trade internally. So he'll buy like, I don't know, let's say 10,000 shares he'll take 5,000 off and then he buys 5,000 again. So he's he's very actively managing one position. Um, but yeah, what, what I've noticed is like in the last basically two years of scalp trading, I almost never, ever, ever get that 10% pop, that 20% move. And literally the, the first week I started doing this, I had, you know, multiple 10% plus winners. So it definitely opens the door, but to to like a whole new range of opportunities of big big winners and big profits but it's just so different right with scalping you don't look for home runs you just look for like 10 or like five base hits <laughs> with 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 trend following you're looking for home runs and it's just it's yeah it blows my mind i think as long as you can put some parameters on it then it should be fine like i mean for at least me and nate like whenever I'm doing a trend continuation trade, it's like a roll 100 percent of the time it, once you break a new high you take it and like for small caps, you could actually leave a partial and the partial is not going to make you any money, but it at least would teach you like, is it worth it to hold a partial? Because like you're basically buying support and then seeing if it breaks out of the last high. But obviously in a bear market, these small caps, even the mid caps, they're just going to have a hard time breaking out of highs. So like if you do take profits, a new high is probably one of the best places to like start scaling out and then maybe hold a partial. But yeah, I totally agree. I mean, if I bought here and, you know, here you're up 40%, let's say, yes. it'd be crazy not to take profits because at this point you're back to break even pretty much. And that's just, yeah. that's just crazy. You know, when are you up 40%? Pretty much yeah. never. So if you're up, hell, the over 10%, you should be taking profits, especially Definitely. I think to Nate. How much was your risk? Yeah. Like you said, if you're willing to hold to your max size, to your to your uh, risk, your stop level, you should be willing to hold your uh, max size to your profit target. Um, so or at yeah, at least like, one to one. Otherwise, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make, or at least one to one light. Yeah. So that's a really good point. So you know, figure out what your risk is. At least hold to uh, your target, and then start taking profits off in increments. Um, and then you can always get back in. I think this is something I try to always remind myself. You can always re-enter a trade like this thing. Look at this that, you know, gave back so much 23%, but look, it popped back up and started holding its highs there. And on the five minute, I mean, this thing was absolutely beautiful, especially yeah. here when it starts going exponential, it doesn't even go below the former close of the former five minute candle, which is always a very, very bullish sign. 
Uh, yeah. Keep an eye on that. Um, when these tickers... And you can keep moving your stop up with every candle. Yeah. So this, this is really aggressive. Um, basically noticing like this breakout here. I mean, you could just re-enter anywhere in this candle um, and just hold. And, you know, from this breakout here, it's, you know, it's a 27% mover. So, so yeah, I just got to get used to holding. And then I, I don't know if I, yeah, I could look at this all day and, and think what I could have, should have, would have done, but um, yeah, getting, getting some of these four hour trades in would be cool as well, but I think that's less my focus. I'm doing very small size on those. So like something around like $5,000. And then what I want to do with like these pre-market market open trend following or range trading, at least on longer time periods is at least, uh, you know, 10,000, $15,000, uh, size. So that's, that's really like my core focus. The four hour stuff is a little bit more like Maybe it's a distraction. Maybe I just should not do it at all. Um, because you got to focus on one thing at a time. If you if you do two things, it's already too many. And I, I feel like now that I'm doing two things. <laughs> yeah. What what's your opinion on uh hard stops? Dude, I honestly I I'm a I really don't like stops in a way. Like there's I used to never use stops, but you know, as you guys saw with SHC right now, I have a pretty hard stop right here. There's, there's yeah. so many times where I get wick attack, you know, wick comes down I get stopped out and it continues higher. Um, I think when I trade pre-market, I don't use stops. Obviously you can't use stops pre-market anyway. Um, so that kind of, you know, that's the end of that discussion. Um, but on these four hour ones, cause I'll be leaving the computer. Uh, I definitely use stops cause you know, if there's an offering or something, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Intraday. Think... Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 you're good. I was just going to say, I don't think any of us in general are big fans of hard stops. I'd much rather keep it mental just because, as we know, it goes in the order book, right? So it can be seen yeah. by who or who wants to take advantage of it. We don't know. But yeah. um, but it is nice to, like, sometimes I will do it on the spy. If I know there's a certain level that I want to be out at, I, I will do it. Um, but it's different for small caps for sure. And not to mention, it can just get blown right through. Like if you get one of those candles, like you were showing earlier, Tom, that stop is going to have so much slippage. Whereas with the yeah. futures, you're you're losing a tick, maybe two. I, I haven't even seen myself lose more than one tick on a, on a stop limit yet. Yeah, another thing I experienced with with the hard stops was like the small caps are so volatile that you know I'll bu I'll buy and put in a hard stop, and then I'll take my profit. And then the candle will come all the way back down, and now I'll be short because my stop order just got filled. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! It happens <laughs> all the time, so that's why I just do mental stops. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the small caps do the wick attacks. You know, that's like it's yeah. almost ridiculous because you're just getting stopped out in the spread, basically, and that's yeah. that, that's yeah. just kills and you. a lot of the times though those those wick attacks they can be very good dip opportunities. And right. you don't want to be fumbling around with those orders and canceling your stops and all oh, that. Oh my god, and the TOS like cancellation. Yeah, you, you need to be or... ready yeah. to to hit the bid or or buy the ask on one of those flushes because they you can get a nice ten or fifteen cent pop real quick. Yeah, I think they definitely make more sense for large caps than small caps. Yeah, yeah large caps definitely better for the stops for sure. I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, how often? Sorry, I was Go just ahead. gonna say yeah for the order book about the about them attacking your stops. Definitely for large caps, they're they're not gonna be really going for a couple hundred shares. They're not even they're not even gonna even notice yeah. that. 
but for the small caps, I guess it's more, I guess, I guess it would be uh, more beneficial for the market maker to kind of uh, stop you out. It sure know. feels like it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How, how often do you guys look at the Russell 2000 oh, for small caps? Never. never. Well, I know you yeah, don't, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, can I show you? I'm going to show you something real quick. I don't know. I mean, I never even did this. I just saw this on a YouTube video the other day and I was like, oh, that's really weird. But um, okay, uh, this is trading view. I never even used this before, but so this is the Russell right here, Russell 2000. So obviously this is a small cap index. Um, and I don't know like if it really means a lot to like the tickers you guys are trading. I'm sure it has some influence because obviously whenever this is in an uptrend, like in this area or right here, or currently, it seems like you guys have a lot more opportunities um, to trade. So like, this is what the guy did in the YouTube video. He just overlaid Bed Bath & Beyond over this chart. And you can kind of see that like, every time Bed Bath & Beyond has a top, this is like the end of the bull run in the Russell 2000. So like, this is a top, this is a top. Mm -hmm. We drop down strongly and then we find a low rate here and then you get accumulation in Bed Bath & Beyond. Another top in Russell, another top in Bed Bath Beyond. Drops, drops, drops. Right now, we also have another top in Bed Bath Beyond, another top in the Russell. So, like, that's I don't know really if that's, yeah, I just thought it was really cool. I don't know if you guys um, want to start looking at that or. I think it might be a neat for you guys to have some type of index to kind of just in general gauge what is, uh, what the small cap market might be like. That's true. Especially for that. Test, you'd have to test it, though. Yeah, for that strategy that you're doing, Alex, you definitely like whenever you find out that Russell's on a bottom, you know, any of these areas, that's probably your strategy where your trend following is probably going to be stronger. Whereas right now, like you guys didn't have much opportunity today, it seems like in the small caps. I mean, it's because we're probably sitting right at the top of this big downtrend. Like this is the new, like, are we going to make a new high and break out of this high? Or are we going to confirm a I lower like, high and break down? I feel like those... um you just like with the with the Russell, for example, you'll just never know if it's actually at the at the top or bottom, right? So like yeah. in the moment, it's it could always do that extra. I it's tough because with the small caps, there's always there's already so much noise that we're dealing with. I mean, for every every asset, you guys are dealing with tons of noise as well. Um, so I'm always like, how do like what how can I focus on like what's the most important thing to be focusing on? Um, because I'm already getting too many buy and sell signals at the same time. True. And I don't know if that would make it even harder for me. Although what you just showed me, you know, looked so perfect. And it yeah, totally looks easy six months in, later. In hindsight, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just I already feel like me in the moment would be I just one more thing that throws me off. But like, oh, yeah. the Russell's green today. I'm gonna go full size, fucking get clapped. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, when I was, when I was something trading... you take a peek at, you know, in the morning. Sorry, yeah, John, go ahead. maybe, maybe. No, I Wait, what, what time frame was that chart on? Was that a daily? This no. is the, yeah, that was one year. That was oh. all, ever since the beginning of the bear market, pretty much rated January to now. Wow. Last January. So they correlate pretty damn good. I mean, they're literally right at the top, at the top. And it makes sense because the money that's in the Russell 2000 should trickle into the small caps. So Bed Bath & Beyond is not a, I mean, I don't know if it's considered a small cap anymore. It's probably mid cap, but. Put some more yeah. PPP coin. Um, I mean, it got clobbered. Oh yeah, it's five hundred million. It's it's not so small, but it's it's gone up five x. It was literally a dollar twenty seven earlier this week, and it's now crazy. it's crazy. 
now it's pretty much five dollars so it's yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, it was a hundred million dollar company. <laughs> like dude, that's wild, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking insane, um, dude. Dude, it's it's tough. But yeah, like when I was trading front side purely, I I almost I actually didn't even read the news of the company because I was like, that's more distraction, that's more noise. I will know by the volume if there's two million shares being traded per minute after the market open, yo, everyone's watching this. Uh, you know. What, is it the best gapper, the biggest percent winner? Like, I, it must be good news. And then let me just focus on this because I remember I had so many times where I would create a bias based on the news and then that would mess up my trading. But I don't know if there's a perfect answer for it. I think everyone's going to have to answer that themselves because everyone's going to have different strengths and weaknesses. Um, but I would say if, if, if you start having gut feelings and notice that you're really good at something, I would double down on that. And try to reduce everything else that's not working and that's that's kind of what i'm trying to do with this new strategy i just don't really know the strategy yet fully so i'm still in that phase where i'm trying everything even though i know that's the worst thing to do but i kind of have to go through that phase right now yeah gotta back test it uh, the hardest part is just mentally sticking with it after all those setbacks <laughs> and you know not you know, caving and changing your mind after you have a couple losses or a month, a red month or two red months. So it's, it's mentally, man, like it can eat you alive. Yeah. I couldn't agree anymore with that. It's so true. You have to like, you have to like see through your failure that one day, you know, it's just going to be, you know, you're going to make it on the other side of the fence. Yeah, we always say this, but bro, time is our best friend. If you just last long enough, like we will make yearly salaries in one day. You just have to last long enough. It might take 20 fucking years. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> Better but, not take 20 years. No, seriously. Then, then you I might mean, have I, a different profession. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, but if it's 100K, I'll fucking wait 20 years. In five years, if I'm making a K, 1,000 a day, that's that's fine for me. I think, I think you know, we're all going to be making north of 100,000 as like a baseline. Um, yeah. Maybe even this year. But, um, but I want to be getting to at least a quarter million a year and then ideally hitting $1 million a year within a year or two. There's, there's people in, um, relentless trader. I don't know if you go into his chat room, I don't know if they're verified, but some of those guys, they make a couple thousand a day regularly, regularly. Yeah. I was actually talking and, to, um, yesterday. some of them are pretty young too. They're like, yeah. uh, twenties. Yeah, he's he's he has really good traders in his community. Um, it's interesting. You know him, Alex? No, I, I had the first call with him. Uh, it was actually Wednesday, not yesterday, just to kind of like chit chat a little bit, see see what he's up to. Because uh, I kind of told him that we're going to be jumping on calls on a weekly basis, and I asked him if he wanted to be part of it. He said he's really busy right now, which totally makes sense. The amount of freaking videos this guy uploads is next level, but um. So we just kind of got to know each other a little bit. Um, but yeah, he has got good traders and, but you know, he's all in it like we are. So I think he's totally on the same page as we are. He's just totally overbooked with his schedule already. And I think his community, they're going to be doing something similar, like also jumping on calls and stuff, but yeah, that's funny. If he came what I here, found... bro, I'm like a fan of his. I'd be like, oh, what's up, dude? That's crazy. <laughs> Hell yeah. What, what I found though, in my experience with this community though, like some of the got some of the numbers are actually pretty toxic. Uh as far as like, you know, uh one up each other and uh you know, like 
kind of fool around to the point where it actually starts to get insulting. Mm. So I kind of limit my exposure in the chat room and they're always posting like, you know, gain porn, like ever, after every single trade and, you know, game someone porn. like me, like, I don't, I don't need <laughs> to be, I don't need to be getting that daily, that every trade update about your PNL and yeah. then like, they'll, they'll uh, not post like the losing trade. So only post <laughs> those like couple cent, even like a couple cent winner, they'll post it. Like That's what I turned into whenever David's fucking said it is green. So <laughs> I, I definitely minimize. Makes the, sense. Actually, he even uh, said himself that he um he says like everyone is guilty until they've proven like guilty of spam or like not being real trader until they've proven somehow that they are. If it's like on a video call and your screen share or something, because he's like, there's so many people, you know, just for some reason posting like fake uh, trades and yeah. like, I don't even know why. That's <laughs> like, crazy to me, man. Yeah. I, I think some of them are actually are fake. And I think some people actually started to pounce on in the community, started to pounce on some of those potentially fake people and they actually left the community. So I'm sure they were fake. Good. But It's so easy to verify. It's so easy. It's so yeah. simple. Like just do it. What the fuck is the problem? But, yeah, I also don't know, like, why do people, like, what, are you trying to, like, make yourself sound cool that you, it's just, just crazy thing. to it's me, just man. Like, you make a million dollars a day, but you, like, have, a, <laughs> have like, a old computer and, like, you're living with your parents and shit? Like, I live in my parents' fucking garage upstairs, and I'm going to tell everyone that, and I'm 20 fucking six years old, and I'm going to do it until I'm fucking rich, so, like, hey, that's on. right. It's so Plot twist. Colby and Amen. I have been faking our $30 profits. <laughs> <laughs> you guys Seriously. been hunting the zeros it's really 30 million dollar profits and you're just Damn. like let's take a few zeros off <laughs> that's um, funny damn so, so we got about three minutes here so i don't know oh, yeah, you guys have any things you want to share i'm all shared out um i think that's it but, but uh for the future of uh I guess what we're doing here, uh, what we, we got to have like a next steps. Well, we, we can always like chat regularly in the insiders uh, group, but uh, yeah, something I think like a regular thing would be pretty good. Um, we probably will have to tighten it up because I think it did go pretty long. Uh, yeah. To like try to do because we're four people. And if we get a fifth person or whatever, I mean, we might want to do like really like what we could do is everyone like has a their biggest lesson. If we just talk about one lesson per person, I mean, that's already four big lessons to take on for per week. That's already a lot to digest. So yeah, maybe like, like the, best, yeah. best trade of the week, worst trade of the week and, and your biggest takeaway from it or something. Boom, done. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll yeah. bounce through everybody and then we could like chit chat on some macro stuff or something as well. And yeah, probably yeah. be better. Limited Colby and I usually, uh, write posts on trade journal most days for the daily reviews. So um, probably maybe just start posting those in the insiders group. If you guys want to take a look at them, you can don't feel obligated to, but that way, you know, you don't have to, we don't have to bring up every trade throughout the, the whole week in one, one video session. Yeah. 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 So I think we'll have, have an idea spend... what each other are doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think in addition to that, we'll just have to like spend some time before the recording to kind of, you know, piece right. everything together on our end when we do share. So it's like not, uh, you know, we don't really know what we're going to talk about yet. So, you know, if that's like a snippet of your recording, 
of a live trade, make sure you, you have that snip down to a couple minutes. And, uh, or if you have like a presentation you want to do or something, make sure you got that, you know, rolled yeah. out so you can just kind of hit record and just talk about it. And then that's it. Totally agree. Or if like something happens on Monday or Tuesday, just, be, just keep that in mind and save yep. it, you know? Yeah. 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 All right. Well guys, Sweet. sounds good boys. First session. Yeah. That was great. I like it, man. Should have been right, in this for good. years, but yeah, yeah we should have been, we should have been. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it now that's the important part that's right absolutely okay have, have, a, great have a good weekend yo take See it you guys. easy later have boys weekend. ciao Peace.